You are listening to Hellcat's Hope, episode number 21. You have to be so bought in to what you believe that no matter what people say, you stand on it firm. Welcome to Hellcat's Hope, the podcast to find humor, healing, and hope. Come along with Hellcat as she explores ways to help you overcome adversity and find your own inner Hellcat. Yes, Hellcat is her legal middle name, and hope is her game, bringing hope to others by showing what's possible. Here's your host, law school grad, motivational speaker, author, and certified life and smoking cessation coach, Lori Hellcat Bamford. Hello, friends. Wow, it has been a hot minute since you've heard from Hellcat's Hope. Lots has been going on around here, and I plan on cranking out some great episodes and content surrounding my gastric bypass surgery experience, which has been amazing, as well as how, as a school board member, we have managed to navigate through COVID in our school district. I started volunteering as a substitute teacher and have some amazing stories filled with healing, humor, and hope that I cannot wait to share with you. In the interim, I just have one thing to say. God bless our teachers. (laughs) Speaking of teaching, today I had the great honor of chatting with Derek Sire. Derek didn't say this, but I would call him a teacher, not in the typical schoolhouse wall way, but he is a mentor to many youth in our city. I met Derek through a mutual speaking engagement, and after learning more about him and his passion and mission for helping people, specifically our youth, reach their potential, I just had to know more. Today, you will learn about something near and dear to Derek's work, the Oklahoma City Police Department Youth Leadership Academy, a program that engages and helps our city's youth learn speaking and presentation skills, advocacy, and learning to do something meaningful in their communities. We talk about advocacy, connections, the power of sharing, of storytelling, and how to stop trying to win over the unwinnable. If you are an educator, a teacher, a mentor, or simply want to hear some good news about this generation that is rising up and graduating from our school system and taking on the world, this podcast is for you. So take a listen and learn how you too can instill confidence and hope in yourself and others one thought at a time. Listeners, I give you Derek Sire. I have been pronouncing your last name Sire. Is that right? Perfect and rare. You get seer a lot. Yeah. All the time. Seer. It's German though. Really? It has German roots, uh, the S-I-E-R in its spelling culturally. It goes back to the mid 1800s, around 1865. We weren't sires at the time, but we came over from Arkansas and we settled uh, in middle Oklahoma. And then uh, this is around the time where blacks and natives were, were mixing. People were named or they were referenced by the jobs that they did. And so not only did we work with cattle, and if, if you're familiar with horses, a, a sire is um, it's a very prestigious horse. It's like a top of the line. It's the male. It's the, uh, but we also branded cattle as well. And when you brand a cattle, you sigh it. And so uh, they just called us the sires. We were sires. And so that just kind of stuck with us. It was James the sire. It was Jake the sire. It was Jack the sire. And so we just kept sire. But if you look it up, it has German roots, but culturally we were identified by our profession. I love that. Derek the Sire. Derek the Sire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a nice little ring to it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I've been so excited to talk to you. And I was thinking, you know, we talked about this before, how you and I met or got connected was, I I believe it was through Billy Smith and we had both presented, I think maybe for for Metro Tech or, Mm -hmm. or we were at the same place at the same time and just kind of in passing. And I, of course, started following you on social media and everything that you share and everything that you stand for just inspires me constantly well, thank and, you. and energizes me. And I thought, 
I have to connect with this guy. I have got to sit down with him and pick his brain and and learn more about Derek Sire. So uh, we did do that. Thank you again for spending that time with me. And it just, it really motivated me and what I'm trying to do. And um, so I'm just, I'm just tickled that, that you have agreed to do this. So I'm very excited you're here. Definitely. Thank you for the invitation. And I got to say that two hours, our first meeting just flew by. <laughs> Like we both looked up and was like, what time is it? It was crazy. I was, you know, looking over my old notes about it. And because, you know, kind of you gave me such great input. And, you know, it really those of us who are entrepreneurs or those of us who are wanting to help our communities and have these ideas and are inspired. It's all about relationships, right? Yes. yes. It's, It's all about connections. And I think when you understand the impact of being connected to people, it's it's so layered, right? Because when we when we connect, there's a, an exchange of energy, of experience. There's this transferred trust and relatability, right? And so now, because I know that you are interested in one thing, I automatically begin to think of other people who are interested in the same thing. And so I introduce you to a Hedy Coleman. Or, yes. You know, it is a constant exchange. And and when you have that ability to connect, you see the power of connecting, then everyone is a possibility. Everything is an option. And so connecting is super important to me. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such an easy thing to do too. I think sometimes we, we kind of get in our own head, right. Mm -hmm. And we think, well, they seem really busy and I'm not sure if, am I going to be able to help them? And, you know, you, so those voices in our head, right. Start, start making us doubt. And we need to set those aside and go, you know what? I'm going to step into this. If he didn't have the time to meet with me, I'm going to trust that he would tell me he didn't have the time to meet with me. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and people, yeah. when, when I talk to people that are are busy or when I talk to people that are like their time is valuable, I'm often uh, reminded of this uh, two clips and it was, uh, it was this, I don't remember who it was, but it was this actress and she, they were asking her why she was single. And she was like, because people don't ask me on dates. <laughs> that's why i'm single like everybody assumes that i have this super busy life or that this super long list of people who want to hang out with me she was like i don't get asked i literally don't get asked and then i'm reminded of a uh, an executive that said his number one favorite thing to do is give back to people who want to be where he is but no one asks nobody yeah. asks and so i think uh, the worst thing that can happen I honestly believe this. The worst thing that happened is that they say no. Other yeah. people kind of go to this other place of they're going to look at me a certain way because I was I appeared that to not have it together or that I'm needy or that I'm trying to jockey for a position. But I think the worst thing that could happen is you said, hey, I would love to meet with you. And they say, no, it's okay. That's it. It's not personal. <laughs> Our self-worth isn't attached to it, you know, but we just attach all those things. But when yeah. we want to connect with people, hey, I want to connect. And they say, nope, I don't have time. And it's like, all right. I shot yeah. my shot. Yeah. And that's it. Then you go and you move on, right? Then then that to me is just to me it's it's a gift, right? It's a gift from that person that you're like, okay, that's not someone that that I need to be connected to right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I connected with a, a firm and their whole thing about connecting with people was they want to be eager to get to the no. They mm. all, they almost rush people when I'm trying to uh, connect with you and uh, exchange a product or a service. I can't get held up in this no because this no is keeping me from other yeses. And so they literally push their employees to shoot. They they call it go for the no, mm. right? So are you interested? No. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And they just instead of trying to fluff up and butter this approach, they are encouraging people, hurry up and get to the no, hurry up and get to the no, because the more you can get through those no's, it makes room for your yeses and your Mm -hmm. yeses. That's where you want to spend the time. Right. We, we get hung up, ca- caught up on these people that we uh, put on these pedestals or we feel like they need to know. And we ignore all the little people trying to wait for this single. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that we connected, not based on our perceptions of each other, but it's like the willingness to meet. Right. Because if I said no, then, of course, you would have found somebody else to hang out with, which yeah. is <laughs> cool, if not cooler. And everything would have been great. Well, I am very, very grateful that we have connected. When someone asks you, Derek Sire, what what do you do? What what motivates you? You know, what's your mission? 
How how do you describe that? Yeah. So what do I do? Um, I really want to finalize or settle on or continue to discover how to communicate that with people. I was watching a TED Talk uh, yesterday on Ikigai. Ikigai is this I-K-I-G-A-I. It's this Japanese saying for your life's work or your life's mission. And they have all these these little circle diagrams that overlap and they have the sweet spot in the middle. And it's like, uh, what do you love? What are you good at? What does the world need? What can you get paid for? And they like overlapping in the middle is your Ikigai. And so I've been trying to, to settle on what's my Ikigai. And so and the icky guy, your profession is not your work, mm. right? Your profession is what you do to pay bills and earn money. Your yeah. work is attached to eternity. It's attached to the community. And so when you ask me, like, how do I describe what I do mm. versus my mission? I, I say I'm a trainer and I, I focus on relationships. And so I've said for the longest time that my mission, that my little tagline was helping people grow better together. I've said that for years, but now I'm kind of toying with this, helping people acknowledge where they are and get to where they want to be mm. or acknowledge who they are and become who they want to be. And I think a lot of that has to do with the relationship. I'm kind of playing with that. And so if I, if I had to describe to people just right now on this yeah. fine day, you, yes. can't, you caught me off guard. <laughs> if I had to tell me what I do, I'd say that I, I'm, I'm a trainer who specializes in relationships, helping people acknowledge where they are and who they are and help them get to where they want to go or who they want to be. Love it. Love it. And you know, it changes over time, right? You know, when I when I first started really taking the work part of my life seriously, you know, because I do, I have my profession as a lawyer and, you know, working with gaming companies and Native Americans, like I love that profession. I love that part of what I do. But I now see it as I have two parallel runways, mm. right? I have this one runway, but what really energizes me and motivates me and inspires me is doing this work with other people and in my community and yeah. helping people find hope, right? When you talk about taglines, you know, what I used to say was change your thoughts, change your life, Ooh. you know, just change your thoughts, change your life. Well, the more that I've really focused on the work that I'm doing, I just want to make it more and more specific. Right. And so I started thinking about, it's not really all of, you know, changing all of your thoughts and changing all of your life. For some people, it's just getting that confidence and hope. And so I really started focusing on confidence and hope. And instead of trying to attack all of the thoughts mm -hmm. and all of the mission work, you know, that we may want to do, mine is really just trying to get tailored to, let's just take it one thought at a time. Yeah. So Ooh. confidence and hope one thought at a time. So it sounds like you're kind of going through that same transition of, you know, how, how, you know, they call it sometimes an elevator speech, you know, mm -hmm. what's your, what's your elevator speech? How would you describe that? And so, it, and that is tricky to do because I feel like you don't want to limit yourself. And at the same time, you want it to be quick and specific. And so I, I love that. And yeah. I just, you know, if I described you, I'd say, Oh Lord, he's a superstar. I would. You're doing you're doing great things. And and one recent one recent thing that that I was so glad that we connected because shortly after that you had reached out to me about the Oklahoma City Police Department's Youth Leadership Academy. Yeah. And you just, you know, you sent me the information and the second I read it, man, I was I was hook, line, and sinker, and I was like, I need to know more about this. Could you tell the listeners what is that Youth Leadership Academy and and what the program is about? Because that's, you know, I'd really like to get that information out there to people. Definitely. So uh, I'll start with a quick backstory. Uh, this uh, traditional or maybe this uh, historic uh, relationship between Black people, people of color, and law enforcement, right? I remember right. growing up, one of my very first encounters with law enforcement is I'm on my bike and I'm biking down the street. I'm probably eight or nine years old. And we used to have quarter stores back in the day. I don't know if you all remember the quarter stores where you can literally take a dollar and come back with like a brown bag full <laughs> of candy. And you can get like lemon heads and the Boston baked beans and like taffy. Right. And you could buy a piece of gum for three cents. I'm talking about the 80s, people. I'm an 80s yes. baby. 
Same here. One of the greatest errors to be raised in, right? This is where you fall down, you scrape your knee, and dad tells you, put some spit and dirt on it and get back up, right? Exactly. Uh, and so I remember coming from the quarter store, and it was called Gibbs in North Tulsa, and I was riding on a bike with my friends. Police car comes past us, pulls across us, like cuts us off, and gets out of the car, right? We, we all stop. And uh, he says, hey, where y'all coming from? He said, quarter store. He said, where you guys going? Home. We just we just went and got some snacks. Comes over to my bike, opens my bag, grabs my chips out, opens them up, and starts eating them as he's talking to us. Just starts eating them. And um, after he asks us a couple questions, uh, takes my bag, empty bag, balls it up, puts it back in my sack, and they get back in the car and drive up. That was my very one of my very first introductions to law enforcement. And how old were you? I was about eight. I was about eight or nine. Eight or nine. I remember being able to go away from the house on our own, like on our bikes, you know, just kind of, we were neighborhood kids. We were in the Creek. We were catching crawfish. We were, you know, just it's eighties. We were just doing our thing. Right. Kind of the Sandlot era. That was my, that was my impression that police officers got to do whatever they wanted to do. And I kind of held this uh, resentment against law enforcement for a really long time. And so uh, I, I become an adult. And uh, I get to see law enforcement from a different angle, being on the college campus, building relationships uh, with campus security uh, on campus, and then as a professional. And then over time, I just had this opportunity to, I just kept running into law enforcement officers. And so I got an opportunity, I got an invitation to speak with the FACT unit, F-A-C-T, Family Awareness Community Teamwork, Wayland Cubitt. He saw some of the work that I was doing with kids and schools and he invited me out and I show up to this event called Jammin' Hoops Fest. Jammin' Hoops Fest is a summer event that they do uh, that's supposed to be crime preventative, gang preventative. They provide summer alternatives for kids that are just at home, don't have anything else to do, basketball, right? And I show up. And I get to talk and I get to inspire these kids. And I, I'm, I, Lord, I, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller. I'm sorry. No, I, got, I love it. Are you kidding? This is what we are wired for storytelling. Listen, this is beautiful. I remember telling this story. I was out there and uh, it was about it was basketball. And my dad, uh, when when I was younger, he would rebound my shots. And I would uh, shoot a shot and uh Regardless if I made it or missed it, my dad was there to throw the ball back to me, right? Take another shot. He was always saying, take another shot, take another shot, take another shot. And I remember standing in front of these kids. I said, I don't know how many of you have made a mistake and have missed in your attempt to do right. And you may not have someone at home telling you it's okay. Take another shot like my dad did. But I'm telling you here today, there are volunteers, there are coaches, and specifically there are law enforcement that are really willing to stand around you. And when you try to shoot for something good and you miss, they're going to give you another shot. They're not here to take you to jail. They're not here to bust in your homes. They're not here to take you away from your families. They literally, their entire existence is to give you another shot. And I'm standing, I'm talking to these kids and these volunteers and these police officers and the energy on the court was phenomenal. Uh, and so Waylon Cuban mm. comes over to me. He's like, my God, my man, how can we continue to do this? He continues to invite me out one time, two times, three times. Before you know it, it's, they're offering me a job uh, to work mm. hand in hand with law enforcement. I've been doing that for the last three years. One of the things that they do in the community is they have a youth leadership academy. And this is where uh, law enforcement officers, they uh, partner with athletic teams. They partner with the community. They partner with not-for-profits. They partner with uh, schools. And they say, hey, send us your kids that are right on the edge Give us that BC student that is involved, but kind of maybe there's some truancy issues. Uh, maybe there's some other underlying things. Maybe they're not involved in leadership or they uh, are afraid to get out and talk. Give us those kids. And we want to spend 
one day a month, a whole day, eight to three. We want to spend one day a month, an entire school year with that kid, law enforcement and the community working together. We want to equip them with presentation skills. We want to help them identify a cause. We want to partner them with a not-for-profit. And then we want to teach them how to advocate on behalf of themselves and other people in order to raise money, create awareness and, and, and gather resources for a cause. And that's what the Youth Leadership Academy does with, in partnership with the Oklahoma City Police Department. So they select a program that they yes. can get behind. Yes. And then they share the details of that uh, fundraising program or mission with companies all across the, the Oklahoma City uh, metro area. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And and that's how I got involved is you you guys were looking for companies that would listen to their pitch their you know they were they did a a, a slideshow a PowerPoint presentation mm -hmm. they communicated uh, the mission of what they were trying to raise money for uh, and I was I was blown away. And, and I, you know, I pulled executives in. I just started sending messages. I was like, here's where you need to be at this time on March 25th. So be mm -hmm. there. Project that they selected was the Bridge Youth Impact Center. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So how, how did they, what was the process of selecting that uh, opportunity? Yeah. Very interesting and very thorough, might I add. So uh, the, the one of the very first things we do is um, they're, they're strangers. They come into this space. We get kids from all over Oklahoma City. We have 15 schools represented in our Youth Leadership Academy. And so these kids may come in knowing one person, right? And that's the person from their school. But oftentimes they don't even know that person because they're in different grades. So we really try to provide this opportunity of diversity and connection, right? So we've spent our very first two classes breaking down barriers, not only between uh, the classmates, but between them and the officers, right? Oftentimes it's the very first introduction to being in the same safe space with officers. And so we don't want to come in and get, get right to work. We spend a lot of time building relationship, building trust, establishing rapport, being familiar. And by the time we, we get that going, they show up to the third class and they are excited because I got friends now and I'm hanging out with these adults and I'm in these cool buildings. And uh, we say, okay, now we have to pick a cause that we're going to focus on for the next six months. And so what all are you interested in? Oh, my gosh. These teenagers, they're interested in everything, right? <laughs> they're interested in uh, they're interested in abortion and same-sex marriage and uh, unaccompanied youth and immigration and DACA. And they just – so what we normally do is we end up with about uh, probably 100 maybe 125 topics and we put them on the wall, big sticky notes, just pop on the wall. And then we start combining the things that are pretty similar. Right. And so we end up with maybe 20 uh, chunks of paper and it's like, all right, now I know we're passionate about everything, but as a class, we can't be passionate about everything. If we're passionate about everything, then we're not really passionate about anything. Right. So, Let's let's yeah. let's start narrowing it down. Let's start near. And I'll, I'll, I'll pause right there, Lord, because I think uh, what this social media age has done to our kids is that it's made them aware of everything. Mm. Absolutely. Right. It made it makes them aware of everything. Advocacy. Uh, it has this unique uh, ability to pull out what's most important about us. Right. I can't advocate for everything because I can't feel everything. But I do have some things that are unique to me, unique to being a male, unique to being black, unique to being a husband and a father. I, I have some things that are close to my heart that I want to advocate for. But when I'm um, inundated with everything, it's like, how can I be passionate about everything? I can lend my support. Right. And I can create awareness and I can. Hey, great job. But how can I? So. We get them to go from, I'll push play because I paused. I'll push play. We, we get them to go from <laughs> 20 topics to 15 to 10 to 5. And you can see the souls of these teenagers begin to be eaten away, just ripped away because you tore down domestic violence. And you were personally attached to that. So as we're taking these down, before we take them down, we give each student the opportunity to advocate 
on behalf of that thing. Wow. I'm standing up there with this piece of paper. And not a, we, we don't just tear it down neatly. We tear it down, balled it up, and we throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. Because I want you to feel, I want you to understand what it feels like when somebody takes something that you care so much about and put it in the trash. Mm. I need you to feel that. Because on the other side, when we all come together and we pick one, I also need you to feel that. So we pull it down. 15, 20. They're like, don't tear it down. I'm like, somebody better advocate. Who's going to advocate for it? It's this old grandma. She's in a nursing home. Nobody visits her. She doesn't have insurance. I'm throwing her in the trash. Like, we're like, we're doing it big. Right? They're like, don't throw her in the trash. Don't throw grandma in the trash. Don't put grandma in the trash. Not grandma, Lori. Don't throw it in and so we're like tearing it off the wall. Oh and so gosh. by the time we get down to this one thing, they're bought in. Yes. By the time we get down to this one thing, they're bought in. And what did they settle on this year? They settled on how can we, Oklahoma City Police Department, YLA, class four, advocate for, get resources for, raise awareness for teens mm-hmm. who struggle with alcohol and drug abuse and unhealthy, poor mental health habits. What? Wow. They chose that. Yeah. How can we, Oklahoma City Police Department, Youth Leadership Academy, class four, create awareness for, raise resources for, right? Teenagers who struggle with drug and alcohol abuse and poor mental health. Mm. That was their cause. It- it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and and I have to say there there were three of the students from the academy that presented and when you said that you really helped them focus on what was unique to them so that they could advocate for it, man, that came through 100% because each one of them had a personal story. Yeah. And they shared their personal stories. And you could see how hard it was to do that. And, and you and I can relate to that. I oh, mean, yeah. we when we are sharing our hearts and what is special to us and important to us, it is emotional because we've been there. Mm-hmm. And so that is why we advocate for it now, because that is something that's unique to us. Yeah. And and boy, that came through. You know, one of the the young girls, she started to cry. And she apologized for crying. And I Mm. said, absolutely not. Do not apologize for crying because that just shows me how much you care about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and one of the things that we tell them is that as they stand on behalf of something that they're passionate about, when they share, they give other people permission to share. Mm -hmm. That's that's the power of sharing. That's why it's important for people to to stand on stages and to hold microphones and to be in theaters and to stand in arenas and share. Because when you do that, there's somebody else who's going through the same thing or something similar. They don't know how to share. They don't even know if other people care. And so when you stand, especially as a teenager, these kids, they're looking for a light. They are so wired and they're so charged and they want to do something. They're just looking for the avenue through which to do it. And they're looking for somebody else who's doing it so they don't feel alone. So when they share, I, I told them, I said, hey, listen, you're going to have to do this at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And I need you to be so passionate about it. In fact, it's okay if you cry every single time. Yes. What I need you to do is chin up, right? Mm-hmm. And share that story because it's going to give somebody else the permission to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you could tell you guys worked on their communication. I mean, the slide, not just their stories, but the way they conveyed what the Bridge Youth Impact Center was about. Mm-hmm. They gave us the information, you know, not too much information. They gave us the exact amount of information that we needed to make a decision. Right. They put a personal spin on it. Mm-hmm. And then their PowerPoint presentation. I mean, I know just enough about PowerPoint to get by, but there were images screening in and screening out and it was engaging. And, you know, it wasn't just like, here's a slide with words on it. Right. 
and I was so impressed. And, yeah. and so did you guys teach them to do this or there were other volunteers mentoring them on how to do it or kids that age, they just know how to do it. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a blend of experience, right? There are people in that room that have never stood and spoken in a public place before. Wow. Right. Wow. The, the mirror is the largest audience they've ever spoken to. Right. Wow. And so it was it was partnering them with students from other schools who uh, they are uh, every day they're using technology every day they're using Zoom every day they're sending out emails and calendar requests. And so it was really good to have the diversity of experience in the room. And then when you think about uh, being able to organize and uh, flow your thoughts. Right. This is where the mentors come in. And so not only the officers there. But we have civilian mentors as well that come alongside. So uh, just kind of there serving as bumper lanes. You know, what do you want to tell your story? What's powerful about your story? OK, you got five stories. Which one is the most powerful? Just yeah. kind of like being being the bumper bumper lanes for that. Yeah. I also want to answer your other question because I didn't get to that. Um, how do we choose the bridge? So uh, once they identified their cause, their mission statement, right? They told us everything they wanted to do. They even helped uh, their, their mission statement. They put it all together. It, it's absolutely amazing. Once they did that, then we looked in the community to see who does uh, what their mission statement covers, who does that. And so we brought in three organizations and they uh, presented. Before they presented, we brought in the Center uh, for Not-for-Profits, and uh, she told them, this is what a healthy not-for-profit looks like, a, give, a giving smart. board, uh, ask for the annual budget, how much of it goes towards salary versus operational costs. And so they're doing, so when they're interviewing these CEOs, these directors of these not-for-profits, they're like, all right, hey, so what's your annual budget? And they're like, whose kids are these? <laughs> And, and we're just in the back, chest sticking out. You know, the office and the civilians like, go ahead and answer the question. Like, answer the, <laughs> go ahead and the questions. Uh, uh, how, how much of your board uh, gives? Is, is, it a, is it an advisory board or is it a working board? Like, they're asking all these cool questions. And we're like, yes. And I love it when a director comes, when an executive comes, and they're like, let me get back to you on that. I love it when that happens. That is fantastic. So they go through all these, the the, the, the three interviews. We set up an hour for them to uh, interview the three organizations. Was it three? It might've been four. I think we did four um, to interview them. And then we give them an hour the same day to choose. And here we go again, because they got to advocate, right? Right. Like we think these, these groups, they, the people that they serve, the side of town, they, their operational budget is a little low. So anything that we give would help. And it's like, well, maybe we go over here because their operational budget is $25 million a year. And they're like, but is our money going to really have impact? Like they're really tossing these things back and forth. So at the end of the day, they choose the Bridge Impact Center. And uh, we get on FaceTime and we have our phones out and we're like, hey, Marcus, we just want to let you know. And then we spin it to the whole class and they're like, uh, we choose you. And he's like, oh. oh, that is so awesome. It is cool. And so over the next few months, they uh, the, the director of the program comes in and he meets with them and answers questions. And then they go out and they do site visits and they take pictures for their presentation and providing them material that they need for their presentations. And then he comes in the two months before and we have the mock interviews and then we bring in city officials superintendent of Oklahoma City Public Schools chief of police um, uh, council men and women to come in and hear this thing and they're like and they're going to go present this to who and then we show them a list of 20 businesses that we're going to present to and not only are these people that we know are representing and active in their community well, but it also gives us the opportunity to expose our kids to businesses and organizations in the Oklahoma City area. So that whole process of choosing and learning how to choose and what a good not-for-profit is led us to the Bridge Impact Center, and then it, it led us to presenting to the companies and organizations on their behalf. That's amazing. And do you have any details on how that went in terms of money being raised or anything like that? So we have our uh, amount reveal 
Uh, we'll do that at graduation on the 25th, uh, which you should receive an invitation soon. Oh, uh, great. Yep. So all the companies that they presented to will be invited out. Uh, all the principals and counselors are invited out. We have some city officials. We have um, Oklahoma City Police Department Command. Uh, we usually probably get about 50 people out to witness this graduation. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to see that. Yeah. So you'll, I would love you'll get to an invitation soon. Okay, great, great. Big reveal, big reveal. I can say, I can say over the last three classes, we've raised close to $40,000. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I know Gaming Capital Group is going to, uh, is donating, I think at least a thousand, hopefully uh, going to try to get a little more, but at least a thousand. Thank you. And then um, I, I'm pushing everybody. It, it was so easy. I mean, that was one thing, you know, when, when they did a follow-up the next day and said, Hey, here's what we talked about. Here's what you said you could do. I, I mean, it was genius. And here's what you said you could do. Oh, and here's a link where you can send the money. And if you can't donate money, Hey, here's where you can donate your time. Cause you know, it's like they anticipated what people are going to say of, well, I don't really have the money. Oh, well, that's okay. Look at these time opportunities that mm -hmm. you can donate to. Right. And then one of the options was to become a monthly donor and yeah. it was 30, $30 or whatever you wanted to do, but it was something easy. I mean, you know, to find whether it's $10 or $20 or $30, anybody could sit back and go, Oh yeah, I could, I could, you know, not go to Starbucks once a week <laughs> mm -hmm. and donate that money. I mean, they made it so simple. Yeah. And, and of course, just their plea was well thought out. The Bridge Youth Impact Center is doing some amazing work. And, you know, I'm going to put in the show notes, everybody who's listening, look in the show notes, you'll be able to get all of this information so that you can go there and donate your time or donate your money and just really help these kids see that the work that they've put into this, the stories that they, they tell, the bravery that they had to tell these stories is really making an impact in our city. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the the, the lessons on the back end that I, I got to share when it comes to philanthropy and advocacy is that oftentimes, it, it, no matter how much you believe um, the, the vision is there and the mission is there and that uh, the resources are needed, there's always going to be a hiccup. There's always yes. going to be a hiccup. And so we had a really, really, I, I say unfortunate, it was there was no way to to see it coming. And we had an organization, a pretty solid organization here in Oklahoma City, uh, who received your same presentation, gave horrible feedback. Oh, no. Said it was too long. You don't cry in professional presentations. Uh, they said it was too much information. Like, they just kind of went down the pop, pop, mm -hmm. pop, pop, pop. And so our kids get off. They, mm. they get off the Zoom. And they're they're feeling defeated. They're feeling deflated. Mm. And this is this is a learning point for for our listeners, for us as adults, for anybody Absolutely. that advocates on others. You have to be so bought in to what you believe that no matter what people say, you stand on it firm. People are going to come against your very existence. The 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 reason you believe you exist, somebody out there is going to say it's ridiculous. Yeah. But somebody's going to say, I'm going to go out on a ledge and say your whatever doesn't matter. Yeah, they're going to they're going to say it and they're going to do everything to be against it. And we have to be so hell bit hellcat <laughs> on what we believe that we become unshakable, unmoved, righteously stubborn that we continue to push past opposition, people that serve to be detours and obstacles in mm. order to not only advocate on what we believe, but advocate on behalf of others who believe the same thing. And that is so important to, to understand and learn as a 14-year-old, as a 15-year-old, as a 16-year-old, because they're going to grow up and people are going to tell them they should dress a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way. And I'm not saying resistant to feedback or constructive criticism or people who actually think they have your best interest in mind, but the ability to consume, to weigh, to judge Right. To be able to chew the meat and spit out the bones is so important to learn at a young age that it's going to create these confident humans who will stand and weather the storm. Because I believe that people think that this generation is frail 
and they're weak, right? And they're incapable of uh, long suffering or, or standing any type of pressure. But I'm seeing kids, I'm seeing high school students that are standing in the face of opposition and saying, this is what I believe. And they put it on their Instagram. They put it on their Facebook, put it on their Twitter. They put it on their, their shirts. They dye yes. their hair to say it. They walk the streets. They walk out of school taking a, a full-fledged absence, unexcused, right? Yes. I see them doing these things. And that's what makes me encouraged about this next generation. It's like what we talked about at the very beginning. When people tell you no, mm -hmm. when you get resistance from them, that's when you can look at that. And yeah, it stings a little, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. But that's when you can look at that as a gift mm. and say, you know what? I won't spend any more of my time and money and energy right now yeah. with this company or person or whatever, mm -hmm. because now I know who really likes my message, Yeah, who really is going to accept this message and see how important this is. And boy, you hit the nail on the head. When you're talking about philanthropy and advocacy, you are going to meet those people who say, this isn't real. Yeah. This is not a real problem. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Those are not your people. They're not. And that's okay. And that's, it has to be okay. Yes. Yes. Like how often, how often do we spend time trying to win over unwinnable people? Yes. And, and I'm 51 years old and this is just something I'm learning right now. Yes. And the fact that you're teaching 14, 15, 16 year olds this now, what an invaluable tool this will be for them. Yeah. Yeah. We were standing out in the lobby and there was, uh, there's a, a young lady working security there and, uh, I'm standing there and I'm, I'm greeting the people that are coming in. I'm like, Hey students, ninth floor, you know, on the West side, like I'm there. And she comes up and stands beside me and she's like, you don't remember me. And I was like, well, first of all, you have a mask on, so it's unfair. <laughs> Take, takes her mask off. It was a YLA student who came through in the first class. She came through in the first class and she was like, you guys are doing YLA, aren't you? I was like, yeah. She says, I cannot tell you how much that impacted my life. Being able to apply for college, like interview for jobs, being able to list on my resume what my strengths are, how I'm working on my weaknesses. Like she's just going down this whole thing and I'm sitting there and Lord, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a crier. I really, I, at the drop of a dime, movie commercials, uh, what's, what's the, the, the commercial that comes on at like one o'clock in the morning, like, uh, the eyes of an angel with the animals, the SPCA, the yes, pets. Yes. Yeah. I'm not yes. even an animal person. I'm like that gummit. They got me again. Right. Yeah. But I'm sitting here and I'm listening to her talk about the impact that we had on her life four years ago. Now he, here, here's something that we often don't get as community workers. We often do not get the opportunity, the privilege, the honor to see the fruits of our labor. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't get to see it often. Right. But here's another philanthropy, uh, another uh, advocacy note is that we, we don't work for ourselves. We work for the people around us and the people that will come behind us. Right. right? We always want to leave the place better than we found it. Uh, there was a, a kid that I, I mentored um, at Metro Tech. And uh, one of his things was, uh, I don't want to clean up other people's mess. I'm not doing that. We, we would leave. We would leave the room and people would leave their chairs. And I'd say, hey, man, help me clean this up. I didn't create. I didn't clean that mess up. And I said, I said, I clean up your messes all the time. Anytime you cuss out a teacher, I come behind you and advocate for you. Anytime we go out to eat, I pick up the tab. I clean up. Anytime. So if I can do that for you, how come you can't do it for other people? From, th from that point on, once one day a week when I came back, whenever I came back that one day, because we had a mentorship class, he would help me clean up the cafeteria. No questions asked. No questions asked. He would help me clean uh. up the cafeteria. And so for us, right, I, I don't get the opportunity to have the 20, the 30 to 40 students who've gone through our program, who I've mentored, who come through the Leadership Academy. Oftentimes, I don't get to see what they're doing, but I got one. Yeah. I got and and that's all you need. And that's basketball, right. if you make one shot, I'm gonna keep shooting. And golf, if I get it, I'm gonna keep shooting. If I get that one that comes back and just gives me that glimmer, then I know the work that I'm doing is important. If people want to find out more information about the OKC PD Youth Leadership Academy, how do they how do they find that? Yes, so uh, you can go to fact underscore OKC, and that's on Facebook and Instagram. I mean, if they want to know specific things about our programs, um, 
you can put my my contact information, my email there, and I will email it directly to them. We have a one cheater that talks about not only the programs that we do, but the program partners that we have uh, that are um, STEM based, that are literacy based, that are fraternity and sorority based. Um, we have a list of partners that we partner with as well as our own internal programming. Perfect. Okay. I will put all of that in the show notes as well. All right. Now, if somebody wants to find out more about you or have Woo. you come speak to their organization or, you know, somehow connect with you because they are absolutely in- energized by what you shared today, yeah. how would they do that? Um, Derek Sire, D-R-R-I-C-K-S-I-E-R on Twitter, on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. I had to pull up. I, there's only There's only one. Can yeah. I can I say that in confidence? Can I can I say that? <laughs> Absolutely. And there's only one. There's only one Derek Sire uh, on on the social media. It, it pulls up rather quickly. And then uh, the the website is my life of list. It's lifeoflist.com. Lifeoflist.com. And you know, got some some content there as well. And then uh, I wanted to ask you about Jump. Ooh. Let's talk about Jump. What is this about? So I have on my fact shirt today um, because I I had a meeting earlier, but jump is my word for the year, my word for the year. Um, Recently, I'll say over the last uh, three years, two years, three years, this will be the third. I try to find a word that uh, just governs um, my year. It just serves as as a carrot. It just serves as a a beacon. And um, I've been the type of guy that, man, I'm, I'm pretty conservative in a lot of areas, but when it comes to like dreams and aspirations, I'm very strategic in like my movement forward. And I can move at a pace that's pretty brisk, uh, but I would not categorize myself as a jumper, as a jumper. And 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 jump, if you look up the definition of jump, it's like to uh, use a force of energy to get from one place to another, right? It's even, even an advancement or to escape. Right. And there are lots of things that I need to escape from. And there are lots of areas that I want to leap, expend large amounts of energy to leap into. I, I want to make sure that that is not only in my mind, but at the in my eyesight as well. Right. And so that's where the shirts came from. The the jump shirts. I always yeah. wear my jump shirts. I want it when I walk into a door, I want to see it in my reflection. When I brush my teeth in the morning, I want to see it on my chest. Uh I, I hear it more from others than I do from myself because they see it and they're like, oh, jump. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, what does that mean? I was in um, yes, a, yes. The, the grocery store the other day and somebody was like, tell me what that means. And so I'm at the point now where like, I'm trying to move along because people are behind us. <laughs> you know, like I'm trying to yes. like, and, he, and he's like, oh man, don't worry about it. They can wait. I was like, <laughs> oh, it was that, but it, it was that important. Like it made somebody ask, what is that? Yeah. You know, it's kind of the same thing with Hellcat. What in the heck is that? Mm-hmm. You know, it ha- I went to vote yesterday Ooh. and the poll worker was uh, because it's my legal middle name. And so, you know, it's on the registry that way. And he's like, Hellcat, really? Well, so then, of course, I have to tell the story. And then I, I give him my business. I give him my business card and I'm just telling him, you know, I, hey, I'm hope is Hellcat's my name. I hope is my game. Ooh, Let's go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And, and he said, you know, I th- I'll reach out to you. I got an idea. Ooh. And and I left, you know, you never know. You yeah. never know what the connections, again, kind of what we started with today is mm-hmm. you never know how these connections are going to put you where you need to be Yeah, so yeah. that you can really start impacting people in your community and, and to share your story. Because, you know, like you said, even if it's just one person out there mm-hmm. that your story can give them the confidence to go share their story. Yeah. People are looking for permission. And I'll tell you, yeah. too, as, it, as it pertains to connecting, I think that uh, people who are connectors and bridge builders need to make it easier to connect. Yes. We have to wear the mantle. We have to absorb the responsibility of making sure environments are, are being brought together. And, I, and, and, and people uh, who say they are connectors, I, they keep their hands in too much. Yes. Right. What what yes. what jump does to me is it extends mm-hmm. a hand. It extends the hand like something like that. Right. Hellcat. It extends the hand because I, what I found is that there's a lot about Derek that can make people draw up. 
whether yes. it's, whether it's my hair or my skin color or being male or the energy that I exude. I remember being in a training one time. Our and, hair. Our hair, yes. Yeah. Yes. No problem, hair. Now everybody now everybody listening is gonna be, I gotta go look at their hair. What are they talking about? <laughs> I was in a, I was in a meeting one time and uh, no, it was a trading and uh, the guy in the front row he just kept moving back like he just kept and eventually he he went to the second row and then he went he went back <laughs> and he said he said the energy coming off of you is just it was just too much like and it and it wasn't even that I was I was loud but like Lord if, if you if, I mean we're talking across from the table and like I'm. I'm a ball of fire. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm ready to explode because yes. you get me talking about something that I love and that's passionate about. Like it's going to invade your space. Yeah. I'm dead serious. So true. It's so true. And I know that people, uh, I know that people have, have reasons uh, to not connect with Derek. Uh, but I want to make sure that I continue to extend that hand and, and, and jump is an extension, right? I think we we have a lot of things that make people either want to reach out to us or want to withdraw. If we can become self-aware enough to understand what people are drawn to us about, then that's what we should extend. Yes. If we are self-aware enough to identify what attracts people, then that is what we should extend, right? Especially as connectors and bridge builders. I want to end on this. If if you're giving me, before you do your podcast wrap up. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you know it's like yeah I know how y'all do it. Thank you so much, Derek, for visiting us today. You know this is another episode. I know how y'all do it. I'll say this. I'll say this. I love the concept of confidence and hope, mm. one thought at a time. Cause cause you think our lack of confidence or our confidence decreases and our hope decreases one thought at a time. Absolutely. When I when I when I think about these kids and how many times how many times they've been told what's special about you? What you think you're better than somebody? Why do you think you deserve? Like they hear these things and and the more that stuff piles on them, they just lose confidence and they lose hope, right? When when social media is blasting all this negativity, people lose hope. Yeah. One news episode at a time, one Facebook post mm. at a time, one mm. tragic shooting at a time, one police brutality at a time, they just lose hope. And I think if we can build hope and if we can build confidence, not at the same rate, but we have to be fierce and yeah. doubling up to outweigh the negativity, I think we can do it one thought at a time. You are smart. You are brilliant. You are worth it. You are strong. I see you. I value you. Your life matters. Your voice matters. You have a story. Let me help you share. Like if we can just do that one thought at a time, man, just imagine the impact of empowering one person who empowers the next. All of those thoughts, all of those statements and affirmations you just stated, all of those together can defeat that one sentence that those kids have heard or that you and I have heard, which is, who do you think you are? Ooh, that one. That one will get you, right? And so that will make you go, oh, Maybe I really should think about who I am. What? Yeah, who am I? Who who do I think I am? Right? And so, boy, that to me can be one of the most damaging things you can say to somebody. But one thought at a time, building their confidence and hope, figuring out who they are, then they can say, yeah, I I know who I am. Yeah, that's exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Imagine a teenager, like, and not, and and I say teenagers because I work. That's my, that's my demographic. I work with them, but just, just a person being able to stand up and say, "This is who I am." Yeah, I've spent time thinking about it. I've, I've gone back and forth, and I even tried to talk myself off the ledge, right? But you know what I'm saying. But I'm standing here. This is who I am, and I'm confident in that. And I, and I may not be, be uh, your cup of tea. And that's okay. And that's okay. And that's yeah. okay. But this is who I am. Yeah. And we're just that we're just not used to 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 that level of confidence without this uh this arrogance attached to it. Right. 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 And right. I, I want to make sure that we're doing what we can do to build confidence in people. Yes. Well, we're gonna do it. 
You're doing it. We're doing it. It's amazing. Well, my friend, I thank you so much. This has been amazing. This message is so important. I've gotten goosebumps like six times. (laughs) Well, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Hellcats Hope. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe. To book me as a speaker for your next event, work one-on-one as a coach, or find more information on my upcoming book, please go to whatthehellcat.com. Thanks for listening.